Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Foodie Fantasy Podcast, just for uh, clarity. We're recording this uh, September 22, just for reference, because some of our content might have been maybe obsolete by the time it comes out, but we're going to be reviewing a couple of things. The title of this podcast is Can Zizu Turn This Around? And this is in reference to Rimaji's poor form. We'll be reviewing their last game with PSG, PSG Madrid. Is this the end of the Madrid era? They're back to back to back, three peats, like we like to say, United States. And which group is actually the group of death in this group based on the first games that have happened? We have returning on the podcast back. We have Bucci here on the podcast again. Once again, this is Ayo, I myself. We have Yemi on the podcast. Hey, how you guys again. doing? Guys and we have guys returning again for our second episode, Pastor Sisi. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work as always. <laughs> <laughs> we need the Lord's work for a lot of premiums. You, you can try me and use yourself. Manchester Pastor United. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no. PSG Madrid. A quick review of the game. Uchi, you want to tell us? It was a surprising game, and uh, that that surprise was in the sense that remedy has been bad. You know, we expected him kind of like that. Losing is not surprising, but the performance was really, really terrible. Like, you know, it's like the the trap door has been, you know, opened, and these guys are falling, and they're not, they haven't hit bottom. It's like they, they want to keep falling and falling and falling and falling. So that is the problem that I saw in that game was that Real Madrid's form just carried over into that game, and basically, I think any team would have taken them to the slaughter midweek and PSG were just waiting, especially after, you know, the history they've had in the Champions League. They were just glad to catch Real Madrid from our champions and really embarrass them. And, you know, I, uh, I like that. I like when you, how do you put it, when you get somebody down, you go for the kill. And I really like what they did. I don't take too much from that game. I don't want to read too much going forward. I mean, when I mean read too much is PSG because I, I really think, I don't really know what's up with Real Madrid, I really don't have much hope from for them this season. I think I said it before that, you know, things haven't looked good. But PSG, I do not want to read and say, oh, they're looking like the world beaters because they beat one of the best teams in the world because, in my opinion, they beat, you know, a wounded dog that anybody right. could have beaten. That's yeah. just my own two cents. That's true. They beat Liverpool last season and it didn't, it didn't the, make a difference. Think, yes. So, yeah, I mean, do you think this is, is this the end? you think this is the end? Can, can Zizou Zinedine, the professor, can he turn this around? What do you think about their current, <laughs> current state? Within the current state of things, the good thing for them is they won their game today. One nil against Sevilla, which was a very, very tight game. That's right. It was going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it should give them some more confidence. They have enough experience in that team and they have enough of quality players that should be able to help Zizou. You know, but also we have to understand this, that Ronaldo leaving did not help situation, but also... I've said this before, the time Zidane left was bad because then they were growing into, they were morphing into, they were, they were almost getting into like a dynasty kind of a team where like they had the same type of players. Everybody understood their role. People that were coming in were quality players like they just in his schools of this world, mm-hmm. the beer that wasn't even starting, you know, but you weren't happy with your role. You weren't happy with your role, but like, man, you want to play because you're willing to prove to the coach that I'm supposed to be starting. Yeah. So like, Zidane leaving, that is the first time, took a lot from the team. Rodano now leaving does hurt that team so much. So now they brought in some new players. 
the Malitos of this world, the Malital mm -hmm. defender now that is trying to adjust. Mendy left back trying to adjust. They brought some striker Jovic. Yep, Jovic. He hasn't scored yet. He's trying to uh, trying to adjust. Uh, Hazard. Hazard still trying to adjust. <coughs> All these guys that I'm mentioning, they're not wish wash players. No, but Zidane now has to mend a lot of bridges that were indirectly broken. Bale. You didn't want Bale, but now Bale starts for you. And now Bale. So, so like, can he fix it? It's difficult to say. And I think some folks actually want him out. So it's it's a lot it's a lot of things. I agree. It's a lot of things. We have new players that you're trying to incorporate that can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Hazard alone, you build a team around him. This is a team. Hazard has to blend into the team. If you have you have the alpha dogs like the Ramos, the Modric, these are gods in that team that have won Champions Leagues. They are not just going to sit back and just say, you know what, you are the boss. So so like this, they have to work out those dynamics. Maybe this season they will make they will make the top three in their team because they have the quality. No, but Champions League, nah. Bucci, do you think... Um, is the end of the trip there? Oh, hold on. I think Pastor Sissi wants to give us some... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> wants to chime in. No, I'm just saying, I mean, that's what you get when you have, like, a team saturated with, like, top, like, world players and stuff, because then uh, it's just, like, you have, you have like... Yeah, mm -hmm. you have, like, um, a wardrobe of, like, almost, like, equal pricing of clothing... And then you're like standing out there. I mean, I'm coming from a lady's perspective. Mm -hmm. You're standing out there. Oh, what should I wear? What yeah. should I wear? What should I wear? So I think um, for that, Zidane is actually faced with that. Um, okay, who should I send? And it's like trying to figure, you know, the egos that's going on with his um, players and trying to find a way to like make them actually come together. So if you like that reference, please, and you're listening to this. You know, drop a like. <laughs> the wardrobe preference. That's what you get. You get wardrobe preferences. You get you get church references sometimes. So we love our ladies, man. We she, our always did the Lord's work here. <laughs> I, <laughs> Bucci. I um I have to disagree with the question first of all. There's the trippy era ended when Zidane and Cristiano left. This is not the same era. That era ended. And why I say that era ended was I forgot that coach's name. I think it was Solari. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Larry came in. So that's a new, a different era. Mm -hmm. It's possible they found Lepotegi. Le Le three weeks. Was it four weeks? A different era. So <laughs> basically, if you look at that transition from when Ronaldo and Zidane left, it was it messed was not up. It was so messed up from not hiring a coach properly to, you know, not buying enough players. That was actually part of where the problem started was not replacing Ronaldo, not renewing the team. Because this idea that these guys were building into an era, I understand that they were they were actually building into an era, but at the same time, half of that team was old. True. When you look at the spine of a team, you're looking at Navas. He wasn't young at that 30, time. He was 30 in his, in his 30s. Ramos ain't that young. He's 30. Modric, Modric and Cruz. They're not young. They're not young. Cristiano Ronaldo was not young either at that time. So now you're looking at five of the best players in the team that are actually over 30 or running towards 30. And now the main talisman of the team leaves. And what happens? The rest of the guys now have to carry the team. But the thing I found out as a guy, and you will admit this to me, as a guy over 30 playing soccer, there's an age you just reach, you don't know, it's an invisible line. Boom! It's like your fitness just drops. So I think that might also be a form, uh, a factor of form here because Modric and Cruz have looked ordinary. 
Mm-hmm. They're really mm-hmm. ordinary. Maybe it's mm-hmm. their age. So I think maybe mm-hmm. um, these guys need to be more patient and build a team mm-hmm. as opposed to being in a hurry to rush things because I, I think um, unless they want to keep buying and buying and spending so much money, I think it's Exactly. I don't think um, they're in a good position right now. Okay. Yeah, me? Uh, yeah, I mean, just picking back on what you said, uh, I think they thought they found a replacement for Ronaldo. They got two strikers. Vinicius and a guy from maybe Honduras. I forgot his name. Number nine. He was lauded as one of the guys that was yeah. supposed to take the team. All, just, all it, 20, yeah, all young boys, young boys, young boys. So, so I think with them now, they they are at a point where like, or like Zidane is caught in two places. Zidane has made it clear that he needs a midfielder. He understood the fact that Modric and Cruz can't can't do the job to the highest level anymore, like they were before. Because now, we got to understand this, man. They're older. No, but people are starting to look at that midfield and, and like just figure out the way they play. Because they've been together for so long. And teams are actually like modeling their teams with them. So now, coaches are now finding it listen, easier to actually, to actually set up against teams. The videos you can watch and stuff. All the mobilities that Cruz and Modric had, even if they had any, have reduced. So now, they're not moving as much as they were before. And now you, we still have, again, I say this, it's harder for you, for you, when you're a star in a team to move, to move into another team, and you have to now find your feeding. Yeah. Hazard ran Chelsea. He was Chelsea. You go to Madrid, you're just Hazard. Yeah, that's right. You're just Hazard. Yeah. Modric is the Militao. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's not stepping out yeah. for you. Militao was the boss in his team. You're coming to the place where Ramos is the king. Mm. Do you have the same voice? Hazard does not have the same voice. In as much as he's a world star, he doesn't have the same voice in Madrid. Yeah, right. Just to use an example, sorry. Sure. Look at this guy in uh, Juve, Delict. Mm-hmm. He's kind of going through the same thing oh, yeah. where he comes from being the star of a team, and goes he, to another team. And the first match, you are benched. We bet you, and, you, and react and badly you react badly because he thinks I'm supposed to be playing. Uh-huh. And then when you get in... The game, you're not playing well. Yeah, so you're making mistakes. <laughs> yeah, making mistakes. so it's like weird. So, so, so again, it's not just on Zidane, but no, but if there's a coach that I've seen that managed this in, managed this in, egos and stabilized a team when teams were, and I mean, like when the team was under under like so much stress and brought them to win was Zidane. Before Zidane came, that team was a mess. Before Zidane came, like the second time, that team was a mess. Scolari was half the time fighting with half the players. Sedan came. So like this, and this is not a quick fix. We have different stuff. Now, now, man, they have star players. Mm. They have star players. Players do, that yeah. can make a difference. Now, for you to be comfortable to make that difference, to step into somebody else's issues and say, you know what, you chill, I can do that job. You have to earn it. And this mm. team that you're coming from, they can look at you and tell you, hey, man, we won three Champions League. Who are you? What are you? Who are you? You might be a star in Chelsea. This ain't Chelsea. Correct. So, so again, it's going to take time. Can Zidane fix it? I think so, if he's patient. But like, for him to fix it, it is plain to see that there's one player he needs that he hasn't gotten. If he gets that player and the coaching and everything is right, I think he should be able to. Quickly, quickly, just to add something. There's something you said that is weird that I had something today. I think we all watched that video this morning. There was something Ray King was talking about, was talking about the Premier League, but he said something, and that is a very important thing. He said, look, you might want to train kids. You might want to build a team. You might want to do, build a dynasty for the next 10 years, but it's a results business. True. There's no time. There's no patience. If you're not winning, you're not getting tomorrow. True. 
If the dance form continues, if he doesn't arrest this in the next out. few weeks, he's gone. he's gone. And that's the problem. He is a good coach. I don't doubt that. But in this business, there is no patience. We've seen great coaches being sacked. And the, it turns out that their sacking wasn't justified because the next guy doesn't do better. Sometimes they even go and bring back the same coach. You know? And so, Spain is known for that. Yeah. So I think... Um, I think he, he needs time, but he doesn't have time, unfortunately. Sure. Okay, that's good. Great points. Uh, I agree with most of um, everything that's been said so far about the team. I think this Madrid team is going to a huge transition, and as an organization, they don't want to agree and understand that they're going through a transition. The midfield is where the battle is won and lost. Like you guys said, Modric, Cruz is not, Cruz personally looks like a shadow of himself. I look at that midfield, there's no mobility. Modern day football, it feels like, in my opinion, as we as the years go by, transition football, the, the attention to transition football has become way, way more higher. I, I see it every year. The pace, the quickness at which teams are moving the ball from defense to attack is increasing year after year. I saw it last year, and that Madrid midfield is too it's, slow to handle. It's becoming more and more a young man thing. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. That Madrid midfield is too slow to handle. The tra- at the highest level, they like like we said, they might make it quarterfinal, but at the highest level to keep winning trophies, they look like a team that is too slow to handle the transition, quick transition football. Sorry, they're midfielders. Quick segue before we go, to make a quick segue. Just quick, quick fire question. Mm-hmm. Who do you think they missed more over that year, Cristiano Ronaldo or Zidane Ooh. during that transition? What, what was the big bigger impact? Just quick fire answer and give me a. 30 second reason. No elaborated explanation. Okay. Fire. Butchie first. Okay. Um, I would say they missed Zidane more. Okay. Um, the reason being that if Zidane hadn't left, he might have been able to keep that system, keep the players, and just tweak it. Okay. It was a system he built. Bringing another coach who played a totally different system from Real Madrid. He, there was a position-based coach. Zidane was not a position-based so he had to build a whole different thing. And so Scolari came and I think that affected them more as opposed to Ronaldo leaving. Okay. Even though Ronaldo was massive anyway. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that, boss. I mean I, I and I also think that if if like Zidane was there, I I feel like he might have been able to convince Ronaldo to stay at least a little bit more. Uh Zidane left before Ronaldo, right? Oh, 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 this is Ronaldo yeah. left. Because. Ronaldo left, I think, a few days before him. Oh, they left around the same. They week. left around the same. Time. Yeah. So Ronaldo this, left I feel first, like no, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He, mm-hmm. you know what? This, it was it was clear that Zidane. It was clear that Zidane was going to leave, because it, the words has been rumbling. May I believe that if like this, like this, like if Zidane was going to stay, if he stayed, I still felt like she could have gotten Ronaldo to stay. If not, if not, if not, he could have transitioned the team team to a point where they would. They will, they will at least be decent, better than where they are right now. Ronaldo will never take continue. less money. Yeah. So that's that's, that's the that's the okay. main thing. There, yeah. Ronaldo was never gonna take less money. Okay. Segway, group of debt. What is the group of debt? In your opinion, um, Yemi, tell me your group of debt <coughs> and why. Between two, I'm caught between two two groups, two F and group H. Okay. Uh, group group. Uh, Group F, because you have this in Inter Milan, okay. who I think that man-to-man now, they're one of the best teams now in this in Italy because they've bought and reinvested. And some of their investments are actually doing good. Lukaku is doing good. Lukaku is playing well. Sanchez is doing his bits. 
Uh, like trampoline touch. We look at. <laughs> no, 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 I, I like. Look I, was, I was do well. We look at Dortmund. Let him do away. We look at Dortmund. Dortmund and Dortmund and listen. Dortmund and listen. In Tamilan, they are not too far away from each other in terms of Europe. Okay. In terms of the place where, like, you don't know what you are going to get with Dortmund. Sometimes, free flowing attacking football. You know, but at the sense of the game, defensively, they've been found suspect lately. Inter can capitalize on them because now they have power and they have strength and some speed. Correct. Baka is not the Baka of old. Yeah. So now that distance between Baka and everybody else is reducing. Correct. So a point where we can see a good battle that isn't, that is, even with the players that is Baka have now, they, they too, they too, they are going through their own process of, process of, process of adjusting and restabilizing and trying to, and trying to listen, figure out stuff. So, so like that team, I know, I, I know this team, what's it called? Slavia Prague. <laughs> a lot of people might think that they are the whooping team, but that team can just come and come and pour they sand in somebody's They almost beat Inter. In the first yeah, game. Yeah, 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 and pour sand in somebody's guy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. No, but for me, I think for me, I'll go with Group H, simply because most of them they are they are probably on the same level, and they are not too far away from Ajax. Yeah. Ajax lost two major players. We don't know how they are going to readjust, and those are the spine of their club. The late, the young. Everything they did good in that team. Started from those two. They lost those. How we do we know how they're gonna readjust? We don't know. Let us look at Valencia. I mean they're a team on the up. They're playing some good football. I mean they beat Chelsea. I mean they beat Chelsea. I mean knows that man. They do play good football and they have and they have this in uh, uh, this a uh, continuity. One thing about that team before is that everything you don't know, you don't know if they want to move, you don't want to move from stadium to stadium. They want somebody to own the new club. It's or a new club that somebody players, wants to form. They want to that. sell. They want to keep. But now, I mean, listen, there's some form of stability. Let's look at uh, Chelsea. Really, we don't know what Chelsea is all about. They got young players. They have Lampard. They have quality players. And quality players are still coming back. Mm-hmm. So, man, listen, we don't know when these guys come back. And are they going to push up or push? So, listen, all of them just have cloud, cloud. But they have their levels where that they can bring out something. Let's look at Lille. Who knows much about Leo? Leo I know knows some good bit. football. I know a little bit. They are fast, the, they are mobile, and they are, and they are physical. Mm-hmm. Quick movement. So so this, all these teams, that's why I say, I think for me, I pick group H because all those teams there are existent, are existent factors. I can't point to one and say that one will lead. There's a reason why this guy is my oldest friend here. He keeps reading my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was hoping he was going to pick that Barcelona group. <laughs> they just jumped to group H. I was like, dude, come on, leave me something. I'll give but, him group H. But I, I agree with his analysis. It's spot on. Um, the Barcelona group looks like something might happen there. But the thing with Barcelona is they have that X factor. True. If that guy wakes up or comes back from injury, boom, it's a different thing. And then I also do not really believe that the likes of um, Galatasaray, I believe it's um, Galatasaray. No, Galatasaray is the Real Madrid's group. Sorry, I mixed that up. It would be Inter, Slavia, Prague, and... Um, Dortmund. I do not believe Slavia Prague or Inter this will be able to speak into the will be able to go into Barcelona and really beat them if Barcelona, if Messi's on some. But then of course Messi we don't know what Messi is coming back this season because like we all know he's thirties too, so he's gradually dropping. But I believe group H is the most balanced group because any of them will beat each other any day. True. 
Lille is a good team. That's the routine. And they most coached people, well. Very well coached. coached. Well. I've coached. seen them. And they have well. a lot of um, good Fast, players. Young, young players. good French players. You have um, young good players in Chelsea who are, you know, they're still promising, but, you know, sometimes they look like they're, they're fraudsters because they promise and then they disappoint. You know, they do that a lot. But they look good. They could pick up form and if they pick up form, they could be a dangerous team. The advantage of playing in Europe versus playing in the league is that sometimes in Europe, or most times I'd say, the games are more open. They're more open and more tactical. And Chelsea are actually a very good tactical team. All the season, I've watched almost uh, about four of their six games, and they've looked solid. They've played well. The only problem they have is in defense. So if they're able to take their chances, they can beat anyone. Even against Valencia, they should have won, won the game. Yeah, they should have won the game even though they lost. So I think Ajax too. I don't know Ajax this season. We're still waiting to really see if it's the same Ajax. But Ajax for the past few years they look like they've come back. They look like a well-run club. They look like they have you know uh, they have a good director of football, a good CEO. They have a, the manager is still there. So those that group, even though they lost two players, I would always say because of the ethos of Ajax, True. who when. Remember, they lost players two seasons mm-hmm. ago when they went to the Europa League final. Sanchez they lost some players. Tottenham. Exactly. And they replaced them. Yeah. You know, it was the lead that stepped up. Mm-hmm. So this, I think, they are one of those teams that can easily, I don't know how they do it. It's like, hey, come here, 19-year-old from academy. They already made for each Just position. jump in. <laughs> and, you know, the next thing, the guy will be, next season he's in Barcelona. So that's, that's what I believe regarding that. You guys have said everything. Pretty much, I wanted to say about, I don't think I won't have any Anything else to add? Yeah, just probably a little thing about Barcelona. About I think yeah, about they have Messi X factor. However, they just have this slight instability with the manager and you know recent mm-hmm. times and his formations and the fans kind of turning on because we know in Spain, especially with those big clubs, unlike maybe England, the fans drive sacking and hiring manager a lot. So it looks like Valverde is on the edge at this point. It feels seems like he's on the edge. Because Barcelona are losing to teams that, you know, more frequently now. I think they've lost two games already in four. They lost Granada. They've lost. So the manager is on the edge because he's not doing either or. Before, he had the results. So the fans could stomach the, the style of football. Yeah. But now, his performance and the results are, are drifting away gradually. If they don't pick up and win maybe the next couple of four or five games, I think Barcelona will kind of be on the edge. And that managerial change, it's very possible it might destabilize them, not to the point that they will drop out of Champions League, but I think just to the point where their games against Dortmund, especially Dortmund, I think Dortmund is a very strong team, will become much closer than we than expect before. than before. Let me add a quick 30-second side note to that. Okay. There's this thing that I don't understand. You you, you actually, Ayo, you said that a lot sure. when we talk about you know football in general, that you don't understand why clubs hire managers that don't fit in. It doesn't make sense. Well, but Valde was never Barcelona man. manager. Absolutely. He true. was never. His style of play was never their style of play. I never understood why they hired him. There were, there were other guys like that would have gone. Pochettino wanted to go to Barcelona then. Correct. He did, did. And he was a guy that would have fit into their style. They skipped him. And so I don't understand why clubs do that. It's the same thing with Manchester United hiring Moreno and expecting him to play attacking football or hiring LVG and expecting him to play attacking football. Like, come on, dude. You should not hire a guy that's against the ethos of your team and then expect him to play different. That's just Correct. what I, I believe. Mr. Yemi. 
Yes, and also uh, we have to look at it to this way. Barcelona too is going through a big transition. They just uh, they brought in some different characters into this team this season. Griezmann, that's a boss in Atletico. Won the World Cup. His shirts are high. You bring him to Baka. Atletico was built around Griezmann. The team functions when Griezmann plays. Griezmann comes to Baka. Is Baka built around Griezmann? No way. No. You bring in Delit. Very good player. No, not Delit. No, De Jong. De Jong. De Jong. You bring in De Jong into midfield. Very good player. Ajax plays sort of like this. Sort of like this. Mm. Baka. You can see some similarities. Mm. The triangular play, player movement, guys that are good at on the ball and different things. But now, what style of player are they playing? You mentioned the thing about this in Itos and what the coach wants. Uh, Apike is older. One thing that we are not talking about is that there are some players there that are pissed off. This whole Neymar team unsettled a bunch of good players. Rakitic, that used to be their engine. The guy that would kill himself on the field, run, jump into yeah. tackles. You threw him into trade talks. That did not happen. Umtiti, who quietly has a decent voice in the dressing room. These two people have decent voice in the dressing room. You threw them into trade talk. That, that did not happen. happen. They were expecting Neymar. Neymar did not come. What? You sold Malcolm. Dembele was thrown in trade talks. But they didn't happen. That it, didn't it was happen. obvious. They, they, yeah. they actually came out publicly and said they wanted to sell this guy. Yeah. And yeah. so now, the trade talk, the trade did not happen. These guys are back in the team. You are not going to see things the same way. At the point, you feel jilted. Now, listen, there are two things that can happen. You come back, you prove yourself to the coach and say, you know what? I'll make you regret that uh, you, you actually even think of selling me. Or you come and... Or you come and you actually try to and nothing you do really work out. You That's just right. need a change of space. Your emotions and all these day. people are critical to Baka. Rakitic is one of the most critical players to Baka. As much as he's not the most I, I don't understand player. why they wanted to sell him, though. I do. I because do. they had to make space for De Jong. They had to make space for De Jong, but he's not the same as De Jong. The, fu the functions... Come on, listen. De Jong is almost like a Busquets. Yeah, I know. De Jong, so, so now, you are saying that Unless, unless if Lopetegui, who is not a possession-based coach, will play Valverde. Busquets. Oh, no, yeah. And yeah, this, uh, Valverde. How do you think that might work? Because all these two players, uh, Busquets, very good on the ball. He's not going to rush pass. Contains the ball. I would just say this, right? Mm -hmm. I would just say this. This actually is weird in the sense that Barcelona are supposed to be the best-run club at one time in the world until they mess up. So it's actually started ending with that Neymar issue, the transfer, mm -hmm. whatever. Correct. Because look at the transfers this window. Barcelona needed something in midfield. They got something in midfield. They needed something in defense. They didn't get a defender. They needed a central defender. They didn't get one. And then they went and got Griezmann. Okay. And you want to get Neymar. Where are they going to play? What was the plan? How about Suarez? That's exactly my point. My point. So, 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 so they were going to play uh -huh. all these guys: Nima, Griezmann, Suarez, and Messi. And Messi, who's going to sit on the bench? Exactly. Like whoa. so. So again, so that because is so. So those are things we need to look at. Maybe the guy wants to play four to four, or three five <laughs> two. Or, so, so again, so again, so that's why. So I say a guy, a guy like the coach. I'm looking at the coach. I'm like, you're a defensive-minded coach. Are you sure he's the one that wanted to play? <laughs> or maybe the, or maybe the. Because the thing there is this, the fact that Neymar did not come, a lot of people were disappointed in the team. A lot of people. Yeah. Messi came out and said that he felt like Baka did not do what he needed. Messi and Suarez came out and said they felt like felt like the team did not do did not do what did not do what was needed. 
to bring those guys into the club. Okay. If you are Dembele, Umtiti, Rakitic, how do you feel about that? When your leaders are saying all those things and you're supposed to be in the same dressing room, training with these people and stuff. Oh, yes, listen, football is a decent, tough man, decent a business. It's a business first. No, but also, you are human beings. Emotion runs. So all those things, we have to see how these things play out. I think every professional footballer in the past 10 years, actually, I can take it back to the past 20 years, should never be mad that they want, that the team wanted to sell them because teams will always do that. The same thing where fans and clubs should not be mad when players want to leave. Correct. Because players Absolutely. will always do that. Yeah. yeah. The club will not stop paying you. Yes, it, you might feel bad, but it is life. It's one of those... I'm not trying to say that I don't understand their frustrations, but at the same time, you know, that's one of the things I learned, maybe because, you know, I live in America, I watch the NFL, and the NFL is one of those leagues where they just cut people anyhow, and these guys just go and jump to another team, and, you know, they expect it. So I think footballers should start, because it's becoming more and more... No, there will, there will not be too many one-club players anymore. Absolutely. Players will keep... Correct. So I think, yeah, just to round up, I think mm -hmm. two things I see is, one, Barcelona are suffering some sort of identity crisis, right? True. Where they're trying to be, we know Barcelona, Barcelona, La Masia, mm -hmm. they have a culture, they have a system, they have an ethos, which they've had for years, you know, and they build players, either they build them from the youth or they buy them, South American European to fit. And now they're trying to, they're stuck with the buy star players, where, where do they fit in? That's one thing. The other thing, like you just said, is, you know, football. It's a reflection of society right now, right? In the sense that players, it's a job. It's a job for them. The clubs see it as a, as, a, as a job now. The players see it as a job. Most of the club, big clubs see it as a brand, as a job. The players see it as a brand. The, the, the people stuck in the middle are fans, right? A lot of fans are stuck. Some of the people are stuck in between both eras of like, oh, it's my club. You know, I love it, but this is my club. Everybody should want to die. The owner should, should care like fans. The fans, <laughs> the players should care like the fans care. Instead of understanding that it's a reflection of society as it's changing, both parties, the clubs and the players, see it as a job. That just does that's just the honest truth. They see it as a job and they are going to keep moving from club to club and job to job. So this was a fun podcast. This is before we go. Okay. Let me do something. <laughs> yeah. I just as we're talking, I had an idea. So let me put everyone on the spot. Everyone. Okay. Everyone. I'll be the last one. Okay, this is it. Give me your favorite team for the Champions League. Let's put everyone on the spot so we can check it at the end of the season. Everyone, give me your favorite thing. You hear me? Favorite thing. Ah! Oh, uh, okay, let me see. Um, I fancy my chances with Man City. Pastor. <laughs> Pastor Sissi. Go to Ayo first. Go to Ayo first. Okay. Off the cuff. <laughs> it's always hard to call. I know it's, it's hard to call favorites mm -hmm. this time, but okay. <laughs> uh, if, I, if I'm going to make a call off the cuff now, Bayern. Bayern. Yes. Um, I would say GV. GV. I'll go with City. I'll go with City. Okay. Uh, I think the English clubs are looking so much better than every other, but it's still early. It's still yeah. early. Yeah. So, they are sorry. more settled. Yeah. Some of them are more settled. Yes. Yeah. They, everybody knows, everybody has an identity. But we know the season starts in January. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun podcast, guys. Uh, welcome to the end of the Episode three for the fantasy. Um, G, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, me. Thanks for coming on. And um, Pastor Sisi, thanks for doing the Lord's work with us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and producer Bolu also. So. Thank you, producer. Like, follow, share, comment, or if you like our content. Thank you. <laughs>